This is McLeod Insights, where we feature conversations with longtime transportation industry veterans who are now team members at McLeod Software. Our goal is to support and empower our customers by helping them learn about proven ideas and best practices that will have a positive impact on how they run their companies. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to McLeod Podcast. Today we're talking with two of my favorite guests. Now, Daisha is a product owner here at McLeod Software, product owner of Interfaces, and Carrie is a is the product owner of Power Broker. Welcome, ladies. Hello. So I, I know, Carrie, you've had past experiences as a broker. Tell us a little bit about your experiences mm-hmm. and then we'll jump over to Daisha. Hey, yeah, I spent about five years in the industry as a broker. I worked for a couple of large brokerage companies and followed up with a small brokerage local company here in Birmingham. It, it was a fun experience. Gosh, it's it's a very fast-paced environment, very technology-driven world. And so it was, a, it was a very good experience for me out there, especially transitioning over into a product role. Gotcha. And I've been at McLeod for a little over uh, six years now, and my primary experience leading up to coming to McLeod was with web design and development and coming from a very technical background, which led me to get involved with the interface integrations at McLeod, which also was pretty pretty technical. But uh, having been here and again, like Carrie, seeing the product development side of things uh, sort of starts to give you a new new appreciation for what users go through and experience and trying to really give the best possible experience with using our product. Well, we had this conversation last week and we were talking about the differences in freight matching and freight visibility, which you you two focus on most part of your day. So what I want to talk about today is the, the, the process of freight matching, which is really just pairing a shipper with a carrier and in the past most everybody's done it with the use of load boards that they'll jump on and and for Carrie I want to talk to you about your point of view on how a broker typically sees the freight matching in today's terms compared to how we want to introduce the tools that are available to the brokers, which will be Daisha's point of view. So let's talk about the the changing environment and the digitization of freight matching. Daisha, let's talk about the concept of freight matching from McLeod's perspective and the tools that we make available to you. Yeah, so obviously we have several tools that are baked right into the Power Broker software that Carrie's team has worked on and has done a great job of of providing through the system. But we also have a pretty nice variety of tools, including our new digital freight matching API that allows users to connect with third-party vendor partners and leverage the data that they already have in their system to connect with those vendors and get their information out to a much broader audience and potentially expand their carrier base quite a bit. I think as a broker, I, if I'm thinking about these freight matching and, and these visibility concepts, I always think that freight matching as a whole is the toolbox with lots of little tools inside of it to be used. Gosh, 10 years ago, the tools that we had to cover freight 
or the vis even the visibility tools were drastically different. It was much more of a manual process for me as a whole to find the carriers, keep the carrier relationship. And even from the visibility standpoint, it wasn't as easy as one click button. I had to kind of manipulate two different systems, work with the software and then work with the load boards as, as a, you know, a separate tool to cover and get my freight out into the world. So just the idea that we have multiple ways to interact with our carrier bases, whether it be from these internal search tools to an integrated search to integrated postings, it's just, it's changed the way a broker can cover their freight and really cut that time in half, which as we all know, leads to bigger, mar bigger margins. I think the goal with a lot of tools for a broker is to be able to have them cover more loads in a day. And, and you said 10 years ago, but I think there's so many users today that they look at one, one or two of the load boards and they try and fill their capacity or get capacity from them. But I think capacity for a broker is totally different than capacity for an asset provider. So one of the biggest challenges I think is finding capacity. What's your view on finding capacity or looking at those loads today compared to the way, way you did it years ago? So I think when we're talking about these uh, freight matching tools and the visibility tools, I break them down into your internal tools and, and I guess, if you will, external tools. And they, they do drastically different things, but, but really the internal tools are meant for you to leverage the data that's already in your system. So smart searches that your users can set up based off of preference. If the number of moves that a carrier has done in the past is the most important thing to you, then these preferential searches like our top match is able to allow your users or those users to set up what is most important for them when they're attempting to cover a load. And then you talk about the external type of tools. It's just really extending that data out from what's inside the software to out in the network, out in the load board, out in the marketplace area. For me, that load coverage process was very much, I said, a manual process. I didn't have a search tool that would allow me to set up these different preferences. I really had a box, an Excel spreadsheet, and I worked down it, or it was just doing manual searches to see who covered a load for me. So being able to take your top five most important things to you, put it in one search and run it automatically as soon as the load is entered, cuts down on the time that it takes a user to do those searches. And then I think once we talk about posting to the load boards and, and the visibility aspect of it, Daisha, I think that there's a lot to be said for the tools that, those integrated tools that your software can offer to help in that process besides just looking internally. Yeah, you're right, Carrie. I think that, you know, you start with tools like load board searching and load board posting, but then you can migrate over into the world of digital freight matching and utilize the API to take that even further because some of those internal tools that you talked about that help you sort of connect with your preferred or your existing carrier base, now we get to talk about the external tools that allow, that allow us to 
again, extend those connections and, and make additional connections with carriers that you have not yet worked with or, you know, could be interested in working with but don't know about yet because they haven't had access to your information until now. So tools like the Digital Freight Matching API can really extend your reach by, you know, quite a bit without requiring you to necessarily increase your staff to do so. That's a good point. So talk a little bit about the the API connectivity and some of the vendor partners that we deal with on a daily basis, but partners that are out in the marketplace today that offer these toolbox or services. So we have several partners that we have worked with through the years to, to help provide information for capacity matching. But up to this point, that's been a very static connection where we just send the data out to the to the vendor partners and there's really not a lot that comes back in. Well, now what we've done with the digital freight matching API with these partners is we actually allow them to come back and cover that load or you know make offers on loads and have a fully two-way process of exchanging information between your system and the vendor system to again expand that reach to carriers that you know allow them to book themselves on your loads through this vendor's network. And some of those vendors that we have been working with for a while now include Parade and Smart Capacity. And now we're adding some new ones because of this new technology, uh, Freight Friend, Neutral, uh, Truck Stop. There are so many in the marketplace today that by offering this as an API, we give the vendor the ability to work with us on their timeline, on their time frame, and get their you know, side program to match ours so that everything connects together very quickly and very easily. And that's really where the, I think the big advantage to this comes in is we can onboard a new vendor and get them certified with the digital freight matching API a lot quicker than we could have in the past built a custom integration just for that one partner. I think there's a big advantage there to, to be able to speak with a partner faster. I know in years past, like Carrie said, you have to go into two or three different systems and that takes time. But if you're able to use your own search criteria that you're comfortable with and communicate with those vendor partners, I I can see where it would speed up the process and uh, hopefully cover a few more loads during the day. How, How does the freight matching go beyond just covering the load? What's your experience with that, Daisha or Carrie? I guess I'll take that one to start, you know, today, the functionality that we have starts by automating the rate confirmation. So you're not just putting your loads out on these load boards and letting the carrier cover the load. You're also extending that automation out through the rate confirmation and other notifications that need to go out to the brokers and and various people within the brokerage. So you get the rate confirmation out to the carrier, you get the notifications out to your users that let them know what's going on with the load. And then beyond that, the process really can go anywhere because we are starting to look at maybe doing some track and trace. So these loads that have been covered this way, if the carrier is onboarded with a particular vendor to, to go ahead and track the load all the way out to providing their invoicing and getting paid for the load through a particular system, say like our 
carrier payments integrations that we have, this, this process can kind of continue on being automated much further than just covering the load. And I'd like, I'd build on top of that and say, you know, a lot of that, the back end, the, the software aspect of it, the functionality, the automation, everything that you just said is, 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 some, is an advantage to it. But also, when you're able to take all of those features and those advantages and offer them to your carrier, you're doing more for that carrier relationship than just the features with, with the software. I know personally that I'm a, a carrier is more inclined to work with me for a better rate if we have a relationship. So when you're offering them, you know, payment options and digital booking options that takes the hassle and the stress away from them and trying to get in touch with you, the track and trace, all of that builds trust with the carrier and in turn builds your carrier base. It helps your margins out tremendously. And these are all they all come from the tools that you're leveraging within the system and the automation that you're putting behind it. All of that builds together and helps you strengthen those relationships with those carriers. So I think that it, even just the freight matching process and using these tools and the integrated partnerships that we offer, it it goes beyond the technology piece of it and helps strengthen the relationship aspect of your carriers in general. I would agree. I think I think as a broker, you're constantly trying to keep and maintain and build those relationships with the carriers. So to make that relationship easier in the beginning is a plus for both parties. I, th- I think that's a, a really good aspect. But, you know, with most things, there's a cost involved with adding automation. I think one of the fears with the digital freight matching is maybe the cost involved. Daisha or Carrie, can you can you speak on any costs that you're familiar with, and, and some how do how do brokers overcome that? I think that when you're talking about tools within the software that that you're utilizing, leveraging inside the software, it doesn't cost you anything to leverage that data, right? But when you're talking about implementing tools that extend beyond your in-network, that extend beyond inside the software. You know, of course, I think that those are going to come with a cost. I think that the the idea of implementation, it has to come from the top down. But I, I imagine, Daisha, you can probably talk about this, that the integrated partners, there's probably some justification that they can offer behind the, the cost that comes with adopting an integrated interface. Yeah, Carrie, what we tend to see is most of these vendor partners, you know, they have some kind of secret sauce, if you will, that ultimately is how they justify to the brokers the cost of their service, uh, because oftentimes they have some combination of technology and reach or visibility in the marketplace that puts them ahead of, you know, their competition. And so oftentimes they have, you know, ROI type, you know, investment summaries that help you see that, hey, the cost of this service is generally greatly offset by the benefits that you get in return. And the fact that oftentimes these kinds of services can allow you to grow your brokerage very quickly and grow your business uh, without having to add a large amount of additional staff to do so. And so we see people, you know, like Carrie was talking about the carrier relationships, 
when you free your brokers up from having to take care of the tedious day-to-day things that are involved in covering loads and dealing with all of the things that go along with that, you are enabling them to spend more of their time enhancing and fostering those carrier and eventually even the customer, you know, on the customer service side, the customer relationships and the carrier relationships, just all of those pieces that go into making a successful brokerage. Daisha, can can you give us a vision of how you see that smaller companies or even larger companies could have an adoption process of this this digital freight matching? Sure. So, you know, we know that change can be hard sometimes and technology, new technology especially, can be a little little scary or concerning to figure out how to adopt. But, you know, one of the great things about the digital freight matching API is that it really builds on the load board concept. So it's taking something that you're probably already very familiar with and just extending that. And so we we know that we have some ideas about how you know, brokers might leverage that and do that. And I really just wanted to kind of hear from Carrie because I think she's got some great ideas about how you could actually put this, you know, into place. So this is a question that anytime I'm on site or working with a customer, it typically comes up. It seems so overwhelming. Daisha, you said it when you nailed it perfectly when you said change is hard. And it is, especially when you're talking about users. So One broker is ingrained in their ways. When you talk about multiple brokers or multiple offices across a company, the idea of change and and changing the way that they do something is definitely going to be hard to implement. So I always recommend that they start small. Start with a small group. If you have multiple offices, start with one office. If you have one office with multiple pods or different groups, start with one or even just one user. Start with the the area of your company that is the strongest, the users that have a good foundational relationship with customers, carriers. um, They have consistent freight in and out of a specific area. If you can really narrow it down to a certain subset of users, a certain subset of carriers, a certain subset of lanes, then you're able to tailor those, those new processes and those new new procedures for covering freight. And they're your, your test base, basically. You start there and see what needs to be changed. You, you know, you can start with automated email offerings. For a user that has really good, strong relationships with their top five carriers and they immediately know who their top five carriers are, that's a great place to start for automated email offerings. It's a great place to start for the integrated load bookings, the book it now type of features. If you start small and then those users start to see the success that these new integrated tools offer and the automated options that are bringing them and covering their freight quickly, then it's going to spread. They can teach another user. Another office can teach. It just grows from there. If you start big, it's harder to to narrow it down. It's harder to keep track over where the problem areas are. And that's a lot of times where people get overwhelmed and just kind of throw their hands in the air and they'll find where some users don't adopt the new suggested processes. But if you start small with one, one smaller group, the success rate of what they experience is just going to spread throughout your company and you'll find additional users that want to have the same same success that they have experienced. 
Terry, I think that's really good advice because it, it is change is hard to get users to adopt a new way of doing things. So to be able to start small is really good advice. I think you can also, from an organization standpoint, determine what inside and outside external tools are available and what works for their organization gives them an opportunity to try maybe multiple vendors or partners compared to an opening the gate for everybody to be able to try it small would be a really good advice a good starting point so tell me what you i know you we talk a lot about what you guys are working on for the future, just like this digital freight matching, it's been a conversation here for years, but can you guys share what you're working on now? Yeah, other than continuing to support the digital freight matching API rollout, my team has moved on to other non-digital freight matching related projects. And some of those include some additional integrations with new vendors, particularly with a focus on helping to connect and enhance our current CRM capabilities with with email services and other things that would allow you to easily attach emails or send and receive email information directly from within our CRM areas. And ongoing enhancements always are occurring to existing interfaces. It seems like Rarely a, a week goes by that I don't have an, another vendor partner asking me to enhance an integration that we have because today's market really is moving at light speed. And so everybody's trying to respond to those demands and, and do those enhancements. That's right. For for us within the software, I think my team at the moment, we're, we're really concentrating on how we can take those, those tools, those freight matching tool sets that that we've already put out there and take them to the next level, offering additional automation, some some better decision support behind those offerings. Just little ways that we can cut down on the time that it takes a broker to cover a load after it's been entered into the system and then giving them new and better ways that they can feel supported in the decisions that they're making when they're offering these, these things out to the carrier whether it be, is this the right carrier or is this the right rate? Just looking at ways that we can help them make better decisions and really increase those margins. Yeah, that's the overall goal. And we've talked about this the whole podcast, but what, if you had a piece of a device for companies, what would it be? Um, I think mine would be to really set out to establish what your goals are, you know, focus on what your goals are both short and long term and really evaluate when you're talking about introducing a new piece of technology, really take the time to look at, you know, what is the return on investment of that technology and get some get some input from your fellow, even though they might be competitors, get some input from your fellow brokerage companies and really check around because I think a lot of times what you'll find is the investment summaries and the information that you're going to get from the vendor partner uh, really does pan out and you'll find that your competitors uh, potentially that's how they're staying competitive is by leveraging these types of tools. Yeah, I, I think for me, I would, I would reiterate anytime, like I was talking about, anytime you're implementing any sort of new process that changes the way your users are used to doing things, that before you implement it, you have a goal for them in mind. You have an expectation. Make those expectations clear. Automated email offerings. 
have an expectation set on how many automated email offerings you would expect for each user to, to, to send out on a daily or a weekly basis. Figure out a way that you could manage the success rate. How, how can you, you tell if this new process is successful? It's good to go ahead and have those kind of concepts in mind so that number one, your users are able to transition smoothly because they know what to expect. And then on the back end, you're able to, again, manage that success rate. You can go back in and, and kind of get an idea about how many offerings were sent out by each user and when they were sent to see if the number of accepted offers lines up with the number of offers that have been sent. And then you're kind of able to grow those expectations and grow those results and those success rates from there. But it all starts from the top and, and having those clear guidelines, clear expectations already laid out before you just throw it in at your users. I think that that's probably the biggest piece of advice that I could give to someone looking at implementing a new process, whether it be from freight matching or anything else in the system. That, that's good advice. Well, ladies, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and, and thank you again for your time. If you have any questions, I know the Daisha and Carrie are both open to emails. Feel free to contact us via email. If you have any questions, let us know. But again, thank you for listening to McLeod Insights. <music>